Welcome to Ecosystems for Change. In this podcast, you will meet ecosystem builders from all around the world who share their tactics and practices for transforming their communities through the power of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Annika Horn. Welcome to the show. Over the last three years, I've talked to more than 150 champions, cheerleaders, and advocates for entrepreneurs in their communities. Some of them work at startup accelerators and small business incubators. Others operate co-working spaces. Yet others are economic developers, investors, community builders, policymakers, academics, mentors, advisors, and service providers to emerging small businesses and startup founders. While they work in different official capacities, they all have one thing in common. They want to see their communities thrive. And they believe that entrepreneurship is one viable vehicle to achieve that. In those conversations, we talked about the mindsets and professional skills we need to be effective in our efforts. With many of them, I've talked at length about the personal and emotional toll that this work takes, and I'm a little sad, though not surprised, that many of them admitted that they'd brushed shoulders with burnout and came close to quitting. Some of them, in fact, did. So what is it about this kind of work that makes it so hard and yet so rewarding? Here's what I've become increasingly concerned with. If ecosystem builders lose steam and burn out because they're unsupported and exhausted, then who's going to support the changemakers at the front line? Who's going to help us tilt the playing field in favor of all entrepreneurs? And who will continue to work behind the scenes to re-envision our future and actively work towards it? Welcome to the first episode of Ecosystems for Change, the podcast that explores how we can transform communities by unleashing the power of entrepreneurship for everyone. In this first episode, I want to share with you how I transformed from social enterprise enthusiast to ecosystem builder. If you're new to the world and language of ecosystem building, I hope this is a valuable introduction to the field. Join me as we zoom out of our role as lone wolves and together take a systems view of supporting entrepreneurs of all backgrounds. If you're a seasoned ecosystem builder, I hope this serves as a healthy reminder of why we do this work. Before we jump into my story, Let's hear from some of my fellow ecosystem builders how they define ecosystem building. Hi, my name is Debbie Irwin. I'm the executive director of the Shenandoah Community Capital Fund in the Shenandoah Valley. And being an ecosystem builder to me means putting community over profit. So we look at ways that we can create positive impact on the communities that we love to live, work, and play in. My name is Grace Belangia, and I am the co-founder of Make Startups. What it means to me to be in the ecosystem business for entrepreneurs is the coalition of different members of a community involved with helping entrepreneurs amplify the work that they do to be inclusive and diverse in the kinds of businesses that are supported and the kinds of people that are starting those businesses. And when you combine mentorship with access to capital and education, then you're more aligned with success as an entrepreneur building your startup in your community. And that's what we do. My name is Jay Cooper. I'm from Iowa City, and I consider myself an ecosystem builder. And the reason I consider myself an ecosystem builder is because I'm helping build community, helping build uh, possibly new businesses uh, through the programs I run. And basically what it means to be an ecosystem builder is to just make your community a better place than you found it. My name is Rob Williams. I'm with an organization called SourceLink. An ecosystem builder to me is someone who develops relationships from the heart to drive positive impact in their home community. In 2014, I worked at a social enterprise incubator in Germany. I had the 
great pleasure, honor, and opportunity to work with over 90 social entrepreneurs from all around the world. They were building sustainable eco-houses in the slums of Cairo and fostered cross-cultural communication through soccer academies and Sudanese refugee camps. I loved it. I arrived early, I stayed late, I would go into work on Sundays. I was so passionate about helping these purpose-driven entrepreneurs thrive that before long, I wondered what else we could do to increase their chances of success. When I tried to have this conversation with the leadership of my organization, however, I watched their faces shut down. With so many other support organizations for social entrepreneurs in our city and country, let alone our continent of Europe, it only seemed logical to me that we would compare notes with others to see how we might be able to improve our program and therefore our impact. I was so curious to learn from others. The leadership team, on the other hand, was not. It felt like they wanted to protect their intellectual property at any cost. That included the entrepreneurs, the mentors, and pretty much everyone else who was part of the program. We were operating in this silo that kept us isolated from the other entrepreneurial support organizations who, in the grand scheme of things, were working towards the same goal. There was somehow this fear that if we talked to other organizations in our space, they might steal our approach, our funding, participants, or supporters. So instead, my supervisors built up walls to keep the competition out. This scarcity mindset wasn't just counterintuitive. After all, we were all trying to save the world. I thought it was outright stupid and ridiculous, and I wanted nothing to do with it. And for any of you listening who have worked in the nonprofit space or as ecosystem builders, this may sound just a little bit familiar. So long story short, after a year, I quit my job, I sold all of my belongings and put my backpack on. I backpacked around Europe to interview social enterprise support organizations and learn from them how we might best support social entrepreneurs. I interviewed 30 of them in Denmark, Sweden, the UK and Ireland, Germany, Belgium and the Netherlands. Uh, fun fact, I slept in 23 different beds, I took 11 flights, I traveled 1300 miles by train, that's 3300 kilometers for my uh, metric friends, and over 700 miles by car. And I had two really unexpected insights. I figured out that I was a lot more interested in the people than the organizations. And secondly, it occurred to me that the fragmentation and competition that I had experienced were rampant in other countries too. This wasn't just due to the one organization I had worked with. This was a systemic issue. Let's pause here for a second and appreciate the irony and madness of all these change-making organizations with the goal of promoting and supporting social entrepreneurs not working hand-in-hand, hand, but in fact acting like competitors. Can you imagine what we would be capable of if instead of competing, we collaborated, joined forces, and grew the pie for everyone? But no, that would be too easy and revolutionary because this scarcity mindset is deeply ingrained in the systems in which we operate and the way many of us go through life. In my case, I realized that we had not been thinking about what was best for the social entrepreneurs we were trying to serve. We had been mostly concerned, as many nonprofits who depend on grants, with keeping the lights on and proving the value of our program against others in the space. After my trip in 2015, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, where I didn't know a soul other than the man who would soon thereafter become my husband. I was super hesitant because I was unsure of how I would be perceived. 
through sheer luck and some excellent Googling, if I say so myself, I got in touch with Lycan Garby and Todd Knuckles, both of whom you will hopefully meet over the course of this podcast. Instead of competition or skepticism that I was expecting as a total stranger and newcomer, I was welcomed with open arms and an invitation to contribute right away. Instead of making me feel like I first had to prove myself, they said, Annika, we're so glad you're here. There is so much to do to support entrepreneurs in our city. Come on, roll up your sleeves. They introduced me to their friends and colleagues. They invited me to conferences and events and issued this overall invitation to be part of the entrepreneurial community. That immediate trust and the assumption that I had the best intentions really put the wind under my wings. We hosted events, we celebrated entrepreneurs, told their stories, launched new support programs, we expanded the mental network and grew the pie for all entrepreneurs. In short, we were building the ecosystem. It made me realize that looking back in Germany, we had done an immense disservice to the social entrepreneurs that we'd been so dedicated to serving because we were not connecting them. We didn't unleash them into the ecosystem. In fact, we'd done our very best to keep them to ourselves. Before we move on, hear from some of my fellow ecosystem builders. Hi, this is Joey Aurora with The Outpost. And to me, ecosystem building means creating the right incentives for people within a community to have the opportunities to discover entrepreneurship, to learn about it, to grow and scale as a company, and building connections for folks that get access to resources, get access to mentorship, and get deeper understanding so people can learn and grow and be stronger entrepreneurs. And as that happens, more and more people get to learn and grow and be a stronger part of their society and contribute back. My name is Eric Parker with Make Startups. To me, an ecosystem builder is someone who's developed an intense love of place and community and is willing to take the risks to really bet on the success of the people around them and and give everything that they can afford to give to make that happen and to cultivate the resources necessary for that community to thrive. My name is Cecilia Wessinger and I'm an entrepreneurial ecosystem builder. But you know, it's funny because people ask me all the time. They contact me and they say, what the heck is ecosystem building and how do we do it? I think what we do is we're the mycelium that connects and interstitches the elements of a community. It's um, connecting dots and connecting people and, and helping people make sense and, um, and meaning out of the efforts that they're trying to bring forward and helping a community thrive and be more robust and connected. My name is Mark Lawrence. I'm the founder of Incubate, which is a platform that does purpose-built places and programs that unlock innovation and creativity within communities. To me, an ecosystem builder is a person that fills the gaps in a community that funnels resources, funnel opportunity, and funnel talent, and looks at the system level and takes a broader view. They're not funded or they don't have a stake in one particular area. They, they care about the system, and they do it for the benefit of the community or their, the group that they're serving. Um, it's very rewarding work. Um, but it just takes a different mindset where you think a broader view beyond yourself and you think about a collective group and collective impact. So to me, being an ecosystem builder is all about making a difference within a specific community that you serve. For a minute, 
put yourself in the shoes of someone who has an idea to create change but is not an entrepreneur yet. They have that idea, but in order to turn that idea into an impact-making machine in the community, they need all sorts of support, right? First and foremost, they need someone else who believes that the idea is actually worth pursuing. They need early mentors, advice on legal and basic operations. They need a workspace. They need strategic advice on how to even go about this. In communities with robust silos like in Germany, it's incredibly hard for these change makers to find the resources they need when they need them. And let's be honest here, friends. Most likely it's only the most privileged and best connected entrepreneurial mindset even get through. It's this mindset of scarcity and competition among support organizations for entrepreneurs that makes this entrepreneurial journey unnecessarily hard. So why is the scarcity and sense of competition so rampant? Here are a couple of reasons. First off, the system through which much of this ecosystem building work is funded, if it's funded at all, pits support organizations against each other. When there are limited funds, such as through foundations or the government, entrepreneurial support organizations have to prove their value through metrics that are more or less meaningful. As soon as an organization becomes more concerned with keeping the lights on than how to best serve changemakers in their communities, that unhealthy competition gets in the way of true change and effectiveness. Secondly, on a personal level, we are evolutionarily programmed to be competitive and keep our tribe safe. And while we don't live in caves anymore, we are still wired to look out for our own survival before we set our needs aside for the greater good. What often gets in the way of true trust and collaboration in an ecosystem is that certain players put their own needs before the needs of the entrepreneurs they're claiming to serve. It's not because they're necessarily selfish, but because it takes a lot of rewiring to put the needs of constituents and changemakers before the needs of your organization. And let's be honest, when you pursue your passion of serving your community, a great part of your identity is also wrapped up in it. In the case of my role in Germany, the organization I was working for thought it had discovered this holy grail of supporting social entrepreneurs and wanted to keep it for itself. In Richmond, Virginia, I experienced the opposite. Many players in the ecosystem put the needs of the entrepreneurs at the front and center of their efforts. Most of the supporters, from co-working space owners to investors, mentors, universities, accelerators and incubators, policymakers and journalists, saw themselves as one part of the greater system and wanted to contribute what they were best at. And by all those pieces coming together, we were beginning to create a vibrant ecosystem. Of course, these pieces don't just magically come together. It takes individuals to make intentional and meaningful connections, who create space for them to come together, and to keep their finger on the pulse of what entrepreneurs need. And that's what ecosystem builders do. We connect and convene. We break down silos. We connect across differences. We build on-ramps. We try to identify and nurture talent early. We find knowledge and resources. We try to build a culture of trust and collaboration by ideally modeling that behavior. We bring diverse stakeholders to the table. We build more tables. And we tell the stories of these changemakers to rally, support, and celebrate them. As I mentioned earlier, ecosystem builders hold different official titles, but we share a mindset. A mindset that values collaboration over competition. We know that we can control the outcome or other people, but that we can help create the right conditions for other changemakers to thrive. 
We put the needs of entrepreneurs ahead of our own agendas and do everything we can to support those who drive change at the front line. We are here to serve and optimize, nurture and grow a thriving system. To close the loop, in Richmond, we were able to run programs in collaboration with small business banks, service providers, other accelerators and universities because we all had the same goal of seeing these founders succeed. I have this vivid memory of a night of speed mentoring between two cohorts from different programs. The entrepreneurs from the local high growth accelerator came to spend an evening with a group of early stage small business entrepreneurs. As organizers, we simply step back and let the entrepreneurs connect, discuss their challenges and help each other out. And you know what? It didn't matter what industry they were in or what business model they were pursuing. The space came to life with conversations and whiteboards and business cards. These founders recognized in each other the identity of being someone who wanted to change the status quo in our community. Someone who was dissatisfied enough to roll up their sleeves and start doing something about it. That night, these entrepreneurs made connections and introductions. They shared their experiences and advice. They became fully invested in each other's success and offered whatever help, resources, and introductions they could facilitate. That was ecosystem building at its best. Needless to say, the combination of these assets mixed in with local culture means that each ecosystem will thrive on different terms. And that, my friends, is what you learn in this podcast. Before we wrap up, meet a few more of my fellow ecosystem builders as they share what ecosystem building means to them. Hi, my name is Tom Chapman. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I run a consulting company called Chapman & Company. Uh, a good ecosystem builder to me is somebody that aspires to um, break down the barriers in a community that prevent uh, entrepreneurs and the community from moving forward. You know, I spend a lot of time with ecosystem builders around the country, and I have found that they can be men or women, old or young, inside of a university, inside of government, uh, an entrepreneur. They come from all different places, but they have uh, as a important component the idea that they're trying to create change in their community and that they are working across boundaries to be able to work with different people and different groups to achieve great things a little bit at a time. My name is Michelle Parvinru, and I am the Executive Director of Innovation Portal in Mobile, Alabama. Being an ecosystem builder for me means being the ultimate startup cheerleader. So it's a lot of listening and hearing and encouraging and nurturing people who have an idea and have a dream that need a little help or a little encouragement to move it forward. And you can do that in so many ways. You can connect, you can listen, you can push, you can challenge. And it's a mix of all of these things and trying to just be on the sidelines, you know, just rah-rahing all the way ahead. Hi, my name is Steven Rodriguez with 1863 Ventures and Suego, local Washington, D.C. and Columbia business development organizations. What it means to be an ecosystem builder, first and foremost, give first, be part of a community and tribe and work with others as much as you can. Think massive collaboration among stakeholders. That is the one key thing there. And then two, at some point, let's face it, reality hits you. You move around people as you need to, to keep things moving for your ecosystem. Because at the end of the day, you need to collaborate, but you need to execute effectively to make the impact you're looking to achieve. 
Ecosystem building is a model through which we take a systems-level view of our community and start connecting the dots to ensure that those who want to create change, be it entrepreneurs, activists, or other type of change makers, have the information, talent, and resources they need when they need them. We try to improve the overall system by nurturing a sense of trust and collaboration among all the separate parts of the system and rallying them around a shared vision to transform our community. In Ecosystems for Change, I will introduce you to ecosystem builders from all around the world as they share how they go about designing systems and building infrastructure for local changemakers to succeed. Subscribe to Ecosystems for Change and tell your changemaking friends about this podcast. To get started on your journey as an ecosystem builder, grab my starter kit for ecosystem builders at socialventurers.com and browse more episodes. You will find all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And in case you need a reminder today, what you do matters. See you in episode two. Before we finish up today, I want to pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging. As traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, I honor the Tuscarora, Shakori, Saponi, Okanichi, Lumbi and Ino people. I recognize their continuing connection to land, water and community. This episode was produced by Yellow House Media.